Hey guys, welcome back to the Friend Zone podcast. Welcome to the second episode. This week, we are joined by Mike Crin, Naya Num himself, everybody. Whoa. <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, how, how are you doing? How's quarantine been for you? Oh my goodness, you know what? Uh, I can't even speak with this thing on. Let me remove it. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, like everybody else, going completely crazy. Um, uh, and, you know, it was, a, I think it was a little bit harder at first, actually, just because all daily and weekly, all the jobs that I'd had were falling away, you know, both uh, events and shows, and also uh, performing stuff, too, you know, uh, all the puppeteering and things that I do. So at first, it was like, it was just really kind of, difficult and it's like well what do we do how do we buy groceries and how do we function and what can they kept changing weekly and stuff but then once things settled down and I kind of got used to the idea I actually there were parts of it that I actually quite liked uh, because now you know I've, I've been able to work on projects and um yeah. and be a bit lazy sometimes and uh, nobody ever really expects you to do anything which is great uh, but uh, I've been using the time to, uh, to, to write things and, and to, to learn and, and um, uh, yeah, so a good time for looking inward, but also a good time for, for looking ahead for the future as well, yeah. making plans for later. Yeah. So, so, you know, I've, I've, I've made a little tiki bar in my bedroom, in my uh, kitchen, I mean, not my oh. old bedroom, actually, no, <laughs> a tiki bar in my kitchen and I've been uh, setting up things from my back garden so I can enjoy that when the weather's nice and yeah. things like that. So you just got to kind of make the most of everything and use the time well, because it won't be like this forever. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I think I'm okay now. How about you? Uh, yeah, I've just been, <laughs> I don't know. I started off being a bit productive and now I've just fallen off a bit. Oh, well, obviously we're working know. on this, uh, this podcast and everything. <clears throat> That's good. That's very good. Yeah. Wanting this to, so yeah, for the, I don't know, it's just, how's everyone else doing? I'm doing quite well. I've been just going cra- going absolute crazy. Um, just how it is. Uh, keeping busy, though. I've got my guitar. Keeping going with that. Keeping going with that. And yeah, that's what I've been focusing on. Tim? Uh, well, I've been trying to play keyboard, but failed. So <laughs> keep I'm trying. just keeping busy now. Keep <laughs> going. TV. I mean, I've tempted a bit of it. Oh, oh, oh that is a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, not for much, really. How about you, Tom? Uh, I've got my room redone. Uh, I've been playing guitar as well, obviously. And, uh, nice. I've been watching uh, TV, like Lord of the Rings and stuff, stuff like that, and Star Wars. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, actually. I've um, I've known Tom for so many years, and, and uh, it's... I've, I was there when he start, first started playing guitar and what he was then and what he is now. Ah, oh, I love it. I love seeing it. He's so good now compared to, well, the start with. We all start with nothing. You know what? We all start not knowing how to do anything. And it's just where yeah. we choose to put our time and our focus and our, and our passion. And we can, you know, learn, learn this stuff. And it's great. You know, it's very creative too. So, so playing an instrument um, and making music of any kind and, you know, even doing the podcast, it's just a very creative thing that, that sort of keeps keeps giving outward. You know, it's very positive. It's a very good thing. So, well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah do you thank play, you. So, do you play? Do you play instruments then, Mike? Like, any, do you play the keyboard? 
I, I sort of peck around a little bit and do stuff by ear and I use it as, nice. as, as much as anything. I, you know, I'll, I'll pick out melodies and, and work out some chords and stuff and then I'll plonk them into MIDI and, and massage them in, in, uh, in Logic. I use Logic Pro, so uh, I'll sort oh, of yeah. do stuff that yeah. way. Um, so I'm not, I'm not an official keyboard or piano player as such, but uh, again, it's something I'm, I'm working on and uh, enjoy. And uh, we'll be definitely doing a lot more of that, uh, you know, over the months and years for sure. So, oh, so yeah, yeah I guess general creator, music creator, maybe is what I would like to be considered as, uh, you know, a little bit of writing and, and learning some production techniques as well for music, which is uh, really great, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I feel like learning music is like one of the most frustrating but yet rewarding things you can do. It's really hard. Because it's, it's so easy to, 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 to suck and sound terrible and to, yeah. and to give up and because there's so much to, in there. But, but then again, you know, anything, anything uh, worthwhile is worth sticking with. And if you can yeah. get those little wins, you know, not try to do too much at once so you get disheartened yeah. and put off, then, you know, it's enough to encourage you to keep going, you know. So as long as it's fun, that's the main thing. Just got to yeah, be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and then, then the creativity perfect. comes out of that and, and not be afraid to make mistakes and to play and just kind of enjoy it. You know, I think that's half the secret really. And especially though, if like with you guys, you know, it's a little bit harder if, if you're just doing stuff on your own, I think. Um, but then if you have someone to bounce off once in a while, it's probably a bit easier and, and a little bit mm. better, you know, mm. and you can help each other out. So, Yeah. I remember, like at lunch times during college, we would all sneak into the the music rooms where you meant to reserve if you're a music. We're all drama students. None of us are music students. Brilliant. But we'd all just sneak in and have, and have like just mess around with the instruments for a bit for like the whole hour. Yeah. It was that was fun. Hey, it's the arts. They're all connected: music and performing and acting and writing and and uh, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. It all crosses over, like with what I've done, especially mm -hmm. with, with Muppets in particular. You know, you're yeah. acting, you're puppeteering, you're you're doing creatures you're 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 singing you know you're you have characters that are trying to play instruments realistically i mean you know we, <laughs> we do a lot of music stuff in muppets the whole time so yeah i think that's where a lot of my my enjoyment in work uh with music comes from is through all the muppet music work you know it's great yeah. stuff and seeing how mm -hmm. you get to meet all these you know performers and and uh, and composers and and they go into the studio once in a while, record stuff as well. It's really great. And it's great fun to work a Muppet to a, to a good old, you know, classic Muppet song or something. It's yeah. just great fun. So you can pretend to be a rock musician or whatever when you're really not, you know. So it's a bit of a cheat, really. But, but it has sort of helped uh, spark my uh, interest in it a bit more to, to, to have fun with that myself. Yeah, and maybe at some point in a semi-professional or professional level at the moment i'm just you know i'm not i'm not a professional musician but you know where is that line when you know what is a professional yeah. musician right yeah <laughs> no, no, nobody knows i guess if someone pays you a pound for a tune <laughs> then maybe you become yeah. professional i don't know <laughs> mm. who knows well they're talking about the muppets oh, what, what, yeah what's it like you know operating <laughs> muppets i don't I've seen yeah. behind the scenes pictures and all, but what's behind the scenes? It's crazy. It's really weird. I mean, it's it's really amazing, silly, stupid fun. It's re it can be really hard, physically hard, and taxing and painful. It can be uh, uh, just so many different things depending on what you're doing. But um, 
but it's always it's always special. It's always different too, though. That's the thing because every time we do a new production or a new show, you know, it, it's it's different again. New scripts, you know, new new dynamics, whatever. <clears throat> new crew sometimes, sometimes new puppets, new characters. Uh, so you're always doing something different. Um, so it's never dull. It's never boring. But it's also quite surreal because you know you're sort of animating this this cartoon in real time. It's like a real life cartoon yeah. and you're sort of distracted from it a little bit, you know, and it's doing this whole thing, hopefully without um, thinking, you know, like intellectually thinking about what you're doing to bring that character to life and, and give it life. Um, so you're slightly removed from it, yet you're still, you know, part of controlling that. I think the closest analogy actually is to playing a musical instrument. You don't want to, to be thinking about yeah. it technically. Yeah. But you just want to play the music, you know, and sort of mm. just let it happen, let the muscle memory do all the technical stuff, and then you focus on the performance. So really, working a puppet is a bit like playing a musical instrument. Oh, I, I, I would never have thought of it like that. Like, well, of course, I'm, I'm so, not a puppeteer, though, am I? So, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, good. Uh, sorry, yeah, go on. Ed. Okay, cool. Um, so, like, with the Muppets, what, like, did you ever get to like? puppeteer any of the like the big muppets or was it um yeah so which was which was your like favorite or most memorable yeah because when i first started um i was brought in on the great muppet cape it's almost uh, 40 years ago i think next august this august will be 40 years on the great muppet cape at elstree studios they just finished muppet show and so i was brought in you know i was like 16 and brought wow. in as a background puppeteer um, so I was just working Muppets in the background. I think the very first one I worked was a Swedish chef uh, no. uh, leaning out of the, <laughs> hey. the bus as, oh, as they no. arrive at the, hey. the club. Um, and so, so throughout that movie, I would, I would sort of, like Jim and Jim Henson, Frank Oz would have me assist them with uh, Kermit and Ralph and Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy. So I'd be doing either live hands assisting or arm rods uh, for yeah. characters and things like that. So I would be assisting those them with those guys. But then they would have these, um, especially for the movie stuff in particular, they'd have these, you know, larger group scenes where they'd have sort of all the characters in one scene. But quite often, um, like each of the main Muppet performers would have three or four characters of their own, and they couldn't perform them all at the same time. So then they would bring in people like me to, like, say, for example, when Kermit was doing... Uh, when Jim was doing Kermit, then I would he'd put me into Ralph or Doctor Teeth, which was another of yeah. Jim's characters. So I yeah. so we'd have sometimes have a line in a scene that we'd cover in the wide shot, and then Jim would have to go and do it in the close up, or dub it in post production, or sometimes I'd do a live voice once in a while and use mine to the live voice if they want to keep it in a wide shot. So um, so right from early on, I sort of learned to mimic. Um, their puppeteering techniques. You know, each puppeteer had their own sort of style. Like, just like a musician, you have your own playing style, you know, your, your own timings and the way you use your, just the way you, I guess, interpret stuff. And it's no different to a puppeteer. You know, Jim would have one style and Frank would have another and, and all, the, all the puppeteers would each have their own sort of, the way they would hold their hand and muscles and, and, and work things and their own timings. So I tried to learn that early on and mimic that. So when I went into one of their characters, I could, I could emulate that, make it look like it was, you know, Miss Piggy or Fozzie or whoever, or yeah. Gonzo. So, so basically, I've worked them all many times over over the years, um, uh, including Kermit once in a while. He's, I find him very hard to do though because there's nothing inside the head. He's just, you know, uh, yeah. fleece with the cotton lining. 
And uh, he was built originally, obviously, to fit Jim Henson's hand. And Jim had yeah. know, very large hands. And I've gotten just like kind of, you know, little normal, like, I don't know what normal. these things are. So, so the way I had to hold my hand inside is really very specific to try and fill out that, that fabric. And yet, yeah. um, and yet be loose enough to, and fluid enough to still sort of, for people to think it's Kermit, you know. So ones like that are really hard. And the slightest thing off gives it away. It just looks wrong. If, if your hand is the wrong shape or if you're too tense or too flat, you know, the eyes kind of sink down. And it's just really, he's like, I think the hardest one for me to do. And then others like Miss Piggy are really hard because she's all foam. And if, if you sort of hold your hand wrong inside her, then her nose kind of sticks out really weird. It just looks yeah. wrong. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to, have to shape your hand right to fit in there. And, and, and uh, you know, with a lot of these characters, less is more. So, but, yeah. but each one has their own, their own needs, I think, as well. So, but it's, it's great. I mean, it really, working Muppets is always a special thing. And it's, it's what I started out doing. It was my first love, my first passion, uh, professionally, <clears throat> anyway. So, um, uh, so when I get when I get a chance to go back in and do that stuff, it's always uh, just really special to me, and yeah. you know, and I miss it when it, when it's not happening. I, I I assume we would have been doing more, you know, by now had we not been in this situation. So we have some new stuff coming out end of July on uh, Disney Plus. So oh, Muppets oh, oh yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> yeah, we did that. It's a series. We did that late last summer, around the same time as the uh, Portal commercials on Facebook. I don't know if you saw those Muppet Portal ads. I don't know. Oh, I think so, I might have. I might have. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we did that sort of around the same time. Yeah. Um, so you know, well, there'll be more. I mean, uh, Disney wants to do new, lot new, uh, more, more Muppet uh, projects and things. So just when we can all get back into doing it, really. Yeah. Yeah, so. well, I mean, the Muppets are very, very iconic for everyone, I think, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy they're bringing them back because uh, we, we didn't get to grow up with the Muppet show, but now people can with this new show that you said is coming out. Yeah, they've got a good home, I think, with Disney+. Plus. I mean, they did that series four or five years ago, uh, whenever it was, uh, but, which was on ABC, one of the, net, you know, the networks in the States yeah. that Disney yeah. owns. And um, it was just a, a it's, I don't think it's the best place, the best home for Muppets because it's primetime television is so competitive and so kind of fickle over there anyway, but maybe less so in the UK. But, but uh, I just didn't feel it was the, a healthy place for Muppets to be um, where they could just kind yeah. of be left alone to do their thing. And now that they're on Disney Plus, I, you know, I think it's the perfect home, yeah. uh, at least for now while they kind of reestablish everything and, and work out, okay, what do we really want to do? You know, what do, what do the fans really want to see with Muppets? And what do we enjoy? And what ideas do we all have? So, so uh, I like the direction that, that Disney are going with Muppets now. We're, we're all very happy and encouraged with uh, uh, what looks to be the future of Muppets. So I think they're in a good place right now. So that's actually a positive. Yeah. I'm a glass half full guy normally. Yeah, well, <laughs> awesome. it's it's good to be. Yeah, it's best to be glass half yeah. full instead of half empty. Yeah, so three oh, but... quarters full uh, is even better if it's got you know a nice yeah. uh, mai tai or cocktail in there. Then <laughs> so you said you worked with Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Yeah. How? Yeah. What are they like? Yeah, interesting. In um, 
Jim, Jim was very, I mean, if it weren't for Jim, I wouldn't be here right now, that's for sure, doing this. He had this ability to sort of see potential in people, um, even if they didn't necessarily know it themselves. Uh, uh, so, you know, to give a 16-year-old a chance working Muppets, I mean, who does that? Nobody does that. But that was the kind of guy that he was, you know. He, he, was, he, was, he was very, uh, you know, nurturing, really, and, and, um, uh, and would just sort of let people find their way, you know, what was, what was their what was their thing. So he was very approachable and very creative, very fun, very easygoing, you know. Yeah. Um, he liked to, he, I, I got the sense he didn't really enjoy the business side of the company. And as, as the years went on, it got more and more successful and it grew. And I think that bogged him down a bit. But uh, when he got the frog on, you know, and him and Frank would mm. be together doing Kermit and Fozzie doing some stuff, they would start improvising and they'd just be laughing at, you know, just, crying with laughter, just enjoying the process of that. Frank um, was, was in a way, he came across a little bit more serious. Frank was technically, uh, is technically a, a brilliant puppeteer and performer. Frank would approach his characters more like, I think an actor would approach their character where he'd sort of yeah. want to know the, the backstory and, and <clears throat> you know, what makes them tick, the motivations and the, you know, what are their flaws, that kind of that thing. So that was very much, so in a way, you know, Jim and Frank were a bit like Ernie and Bert on Sesame Street where, yeah. where you know, Bert was, was a lot, lot sort of more regimented and, and uh, sort of everything had to be a certain way. And, and Ernie was just like, oh, let's have fun and throw things in the air and see what happens. <laughs> and so, and in a way, you know, I. I mean, Ernie and Bert were a little bit like Jim and Frank to me, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I think <clears throat> I want to talk about Star Wars. Star Wars, I've heard of that. Yes. You've heard of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little upcoming, yeah, franchise. Right. So, yeah. I mean, have you been I keeping up? Somewhere. Have been keeping up with the franchise? <laughs> a bit. Oh gosh, yes. How have I? Is that the question? So have have you like have you have been I? keeping up with it? <clears throat> yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. I enjoyed all. I enjoyed all. And it, it's amazing that it's just still so big, and and um, you know, that taking it in new directions as well is is good. I've been waiting forever for a, an actual Star Wars TV series, and so now with the Mandalorian, you know, oh, that's yeah. finally happened as well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there'll be more stuff, you know, too. Uh, so it's good. It's, I think I think they're in a very good place now. Um, I. Do well. I was actually happy that Disney uh, had bought uh, Lucasfilm because I knew that George was kind of done with it, and nothing much was happening. Yeah. And that Disney had the best distribution and all that kind of thing. But you know, Lucasfilm still is autonomous, just like Marvel has autonomy in, within the yeah. Disney company. Mm. So <clears throat> you know, and they've what they've they, they've taken on has been almost an impossible task, I think, in a way. Uh, because you can't please everybody and it's so huge and then they have all the shareholders and disney saying but it must do this and it must be released by this time and it must cost more than this and it it must make this amount of money and yeah you know it's and yet somehow in that you're supposed to write a script and, and create something you know just that everyone loves uh you know it's an odd thing that the reconciling business and art right i mean that's the age old yeah. question isn't it yeah so they've had to do that and uh, they've worked really hard and, and you know i'm i'm grateful for everything that lucasfilm has done and tried to do uh, for all of us and for the fans and and they they do have a lot of integrity i think a lot of people don't realize that 
you know, looking in from the outside. Yeah. If there's a film that, that's made that they don't like or whatever or, or something, um, they don't realize that, you know, they're just like everyone else just trying to do their best, uh, <clears throat> you know, with what they have. Um, but I've got a lot of respect for, for Kathleen Kennedy and, and, and all, the, all the guys at Lucasfilm and, and, and JJ and Ryan, you know, I mean, they've all been really amazing to work with and mm-hmm. I, how they do what they do. I think it, they, they're superhuman. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it is a, a gigantic task to just to be, be like a company just tell you, all oh, right, you're directing Star Wars now. Oh, not just any I mean, Star Wars. The next <coughs> chapter yeah. with these characters that everyone loves. Yeah, and you've you've got to sort of satisfy the the old school, but also introduce a new uh, audience yeah. as well. And yeah, it's an impossible task, and it would be all-consuming. I mean, I'm sure for JJ, for example, that was his life for a couple of years. You know, hands down between pre-production, production, and post. Uh, you know, you do. I'm sure those guys don't have a life during that. You know, it's a <laughs> Uh, an enormous task and very daunting. And I, I think that's initially why JJ was saying, well, you know, I will, I'll produce the, the other stuff, but I won't direct a, a, you know, a second Star Wars film. Yeah. Of course, uh, you know, it was, it was good that he, he, he finished it up with the, with the, the last one. I was always hoping that he would. And uh, I guess uh, they talked him into it. Um, yeah. And he's great. He's, he's really amazing to work with. Very smart, very creative. Again, very approachable and very fun. You know, the best directors are the ones that you can go up to and, and say, hey, you know, what, why is this? Or what, can I try this? Or what do you think about that? And they're like, oh, yes, no, maybe, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. That are open to stuff. JJ is actually very, I was quite surprised because you'd think that when you go onto the set of, of something like Star Wars that is just so technically difficult and, and involved and intricate mm-hmm. and there's so many moving parts and hundreds of extras and goodness knows what it's insane um you'd think that everything would be sort of storyboarded down to the last little piece and everything planned and yeah. you cannot move from that but no actually you, know, you go onto a set and they can they can rewrite lines of dialogue and re you know redo scenes and we can do pickups later and change things if they decide it's not working so it's a very very organic fluid uh, process on set with jj as well so it's like they have a structure but then he's not afraid to sort of massage it and and sort of just hone it down so and you know and then when he gets his take it's like that's the one you know yeah so we'll do a series of takes and he'll like maybe move people around a bit or maybe change cameras and maybe change timings and do a bit of dialogue and he'll just massage the scene and we'll, we'll, we'll do a take after, you know, several takes. And then it's like, that's the one. And he knows that's it. And then you move on, you know, that's kind of how he works. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, very creative way to work though, you know? Yeah. Um, because we're all human, you know, and we're, we, he, I guess he needs to see what the reality is separate to what's on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Was it very different working with, uh, well, did you ever work with George? Uh, I did. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, on Return of the Jedi, he was around, of course, for that. I and mean, he was around on Labyrinth too as a producer with Jim Henson. Yeah. So we saw him mm-hmm. a little bit, but didn't I didn't really interact with George Lucas on Labyrinth as such, but uh, a little bit on um, Return of the Jedi because George actually directed the cockpit scenes with uh, Nine and Lando. Um, yeah. So uh, there, it was like halfway, three quarters through the film, and they were getting a little bit behind. So. Um, so Richard Marquand was actually directing the Rancor pit scenes on another stage. And then George took over the cockpit stuff 
on on our stage. And then obviously Rich and Mark Wand would see what was going on, and they must have been, you know, looking at video feeds and talking with each other. But George actually directed those uh, uh, scenes, which isn't really talked about. But, but yeah. so was, it very, nice. was it very different working with like working with George and working with um, the others? <laughs> Like yeah, Jake. George basically, you know, he's, he's, a, he's pretty quiet, you know, and again, you can go up to, I, I was never afraid to go up to George and ask him questions and, and stuff like that. And I think he would appreciate that. But um, uh, I, I think George liked for people to find the thing themselves. And then if it was off course, he would then steer it rather than sort of try and force you into his vision of how things should be, you know, he'd let the performers find their thing. So I yeah. had a lot of free reign, to be honest. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say the same is true even with the, with the new directors too. They, they pretty well let me do whatever I wanted. <laughs> and yeah. I, I assume that, you know, if I'm doing something wrong or that's not quite what they need, then they would tell me, you know. But for the most part, I've been allowed to make my own decisions on things and and uh, and I've just been left alone to do whatever I want on, on all four films. So <laughs> that's amazing. That's good, that, yeah. That is really good. <laughs> well, did you voice Nyan as well? Um, in English, yeah. Because in, English. Uh, in the original script in Return of the Jedi, you know, it just said he's, he chatted a liquid alien language or whatever, you know. It, was, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't really written out. So they knew it was going to be, uh, you know, an alien thing, uh, even when we were filming it. But it wasn't scripted. And uh, they gave me my sh sheets of paper, and it was like five or six, ten sheets. I've done of the scenes, you know. I don't remember how many it was, but but uh, you could sit, tell what Nine was saying to me anyway from Lando's reaction, you know. So well, uh, so I thought, well, yeah. you can't just make stuff up because not only will it just be silly and not have any actual emotional meaning to it, but it's not really going to help uh, Billy D. Williams either. Just with me going, who be double up? Yeah, <laughs> it's like rubbish. It's just rubbish. It doesn't have any emotional uh, cadence in any way. So, so I in, in oh, and got, uh, got out my pencil and wrote on my wrote wrote on my scripts. You know, it's like okay, well, I think he's saying oh. this, and and I just sort of kept very lightly pencil it in, knowing I could rub it out. You know, George <laughs> yeah. So I went up to George and said, yeah. you know, can I can I just say this in English? Because I was putting down a guide voice, you know, uh, for for post production. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of read it over and he just looked up at me and said, uh, yeah, that'll be fine. And that was it. <laughs> so I basically wrote my own dialogue <clears throat> and spoke it in English. And then Ben Burt sort of used that in post-production to, uh, uh, to, um, uh, to, to, to match what I'd done and the, the emotion of what I'd, I'd done yeah. and that kind of thing. So that's how it worked. And that's how it sort of works to this day, with the exception of the ride, the rise of the resistance ride at Disney because that all had to be carefully timed uh, with all different components of the ride that he was actually pre-recorded first and we had to learn those bits and yeah. puppeteer to the, to the voice tracks because it had to slot in with the, 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 the timing of the entire ride. Uh, so that's the exception, but normally on, on a film set, I just, yeah, we just speak in English and they'll just match stuff up in post. Well, speak about the the ride of resistance uh tom you were meant to yeah. go to galaxy's head yeah, edge this year for his birthday but, uh, yeah well quarantine happened didn't it yeah 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 i've not ridden it yet so i'm looking forward to uh to doing that but it's yes yeah, the most complicated thing i've ever done and 
it's yeah, it's it, it looks pretty amazing. I'm sure people cry when they go on that thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah Planet Planet is really good. It does look really good as well. Yeah, just so immersive and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's just like being in a movie, you know. Yeah, being in yeah. The, you know, Suddenly you're in the movie. It's it's great. It's really really fun. So it's nice. Nice to be a part of something. So that, that millions of people are going to see for hopefully quite a long time. You know, I hope they keep yeah. the, the ride in there for, for a while. Uh, and uh, I hope I get to see it at some point as well. Yeah. <laughs> I might try it. Well. That'd be quite, quite weird seeing all that yeah. stuff, you know, play out in front of When they have the animatronic of uh, Nine Number, you know, flying that, sh- that transport ship as well. And then we did yeah. video stuff of the face uh, at the same time. So it's going to be quite weird. Uh, seeing that, you know, sort of play out in yeah. front of me in real time. Strange. I want to, okay. So we're going to do a few uh, fan theories, not a fan theory, but this is <laughs> Naya Num in the Mandalorian. What are we saying? Okay. What are we saying? Yes or no? Do you want him to appear? Maybe he's, maybe uh, he's, uh, yeah, hundred, hundred percent. And I think certainly theoretically he could actually, because of the timeline, it all works perfectly well. Yeah. And you know, he'd be around somewhere doing some stuff. So it's absolutely. And I, I think I'm sure they, those guys will be open to, to any of those possibilities if it was put to them. And oftentimes, you know, they're just, they're focusing on maybe the, the central story or it just doesn't occur to them. But, you know, I think a younger nine should have been in, um, uh, solo, but uh, mm. I just don't oh, think it, you know with, with Lando or so something. Good. I, mean, so I, just, good. I don't think it occurred to them. And when I when I um, knocked on the door and said, "Hey, you know, nine them could be a younger one of him could be around here somewhere," <laughs> and it was too late at that point, you know. Yeah. So, so focused on, oh, okay, we've got to introduce Chewie, and and it's all about you know uh, Lando and, and 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 Han and and all that kind of thing. So they were kind of focused on that, and I I suspect had they maybe thoughts about it they might have thought yeah let's put him in there that might be fun so maybe, might maybe the same solo the... too yeah so yeah <laughs> Ooh. Mm. maybe not so low slightly higher. maybe lando lando i think a, a calrissian not bad. series would be good that's quite good that's with not donald bad, glover yeah. Because he's fun. He's a fun He's character, such a good character. You know? And, 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 uh, and you know, his, his scenes always come to life so much. Uh, and it would open up possibilities for, for some fun mm. stories, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I'd never say never. And I think maybe if enough people make enough noise about it, it might actually get to the producers and writers, possibly. And they yeah. might think, oh, yeah, let's chuck him in there. And then I can, I can go over and, and do that again. I'd love that. I would love maybe, that. Maybe they cross over with Lando and... Uh... It's, and nine on an happen, adventure. You know, That'll be series, cool to see. Series three or four or five. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I want to perform him, him again. You know, it was sad mm. uh, thinking, what if this is the last time I ever get to, yeah. to, you know, to perform him? But then I thought that, you know, 35 years ago, and that wasn't the case. <laughs> either, so, <laughs> yeah. nope, so, I feel like that's the, the, <laughs> one of the craziest things about Styles is that you could leave something for so long and then one day you could be like, oh, yeah, you're coming back now. Same character, yeah. so many years yeah. later, you're coming back. Yeah, it's, it's just wild. It's wild. And it was interesting yeah. because people would, would sort of recognize him, you know, on the set, the extras and crew and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that guy from, from, with, from the Falcon there, from Jedi. And, and, uh, and they'd ask me, is that, is that the same character? And I'd say, yeah. And then I'd say, <laughs> it, it was me as well that performed him in the original movie. And then they'd sort of 
the switch would go on their head like, no, no way. Like, yeah. like, You're the original guy. From the I guess uh, they just assumed, you know, that person was long dead and, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, it's all new kids or something now. But um, yeah. it was the same, of course, with Tim Rose and, and uh, Admiral Akbar too, you know, there were, yeah. but again, that was good. Lucasfilm didn't have to do that. They could have used anyone else inside the suits mm. and, and stuff, but they actually did really want to, to, to get us legacy guys back. And that was really nice. They just didn't That's have good, to do yeah. it, but, but yeah, it was it was a gift for sure. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, sorry, Hogan. Uh, in the, um, in the uh, Return of the Jedi, how was working with Billy D. Williams then? How was how was that whole experience? Yeah, he was all right actually. He was very really laid back, very relaxed, and uh, you know we had a few laughs. We, he told me about what he'd been doing, uh, you know, what in London and wandering around, and and uh, he even showed me a little trick with a like a pound note, folding it up and doing stuff in between takes and all that. So <laughs> he was very, uh, very accepting of me. And, uh, and you know, yeah, very, he's always been that way though. We, you know, he's, he's always a gentleman and, and we all enjoy seeing each other at shows and events and, and stuff still. So, uh, you know, have the odd dinner with him once in a while. That's always nice. So he, uh -huh. he's... He's always been really nice to me, always been really kind and very complimentary, which is, is like, you know, I don't think I deserve it, but nevertheless, yeah. that's, that's who he is. That's, that's, you know, he's, I can, he's a I good can, guy. Like, I can see that through his Lando performance though. Like, I feel like yeah. Lando is him. There's a yeah. lot of, and that's the thing, you know, for, for, I think for anyone to do something really true and make it work, you find a way of putting your, You've got to find that in yourself, you know, to, to portray a certain character, you know, even if it's not who you really are, you know, to make it true. And I think there is a lot of, uh, you know, Billy D has a lot of heart and soul and uh, he's a very kind man. And I think that comes through, you know, in, in his character for sure. And in all his work. Yeah. You know, he hasn't, he's a man of integrity for sure. Yeah. Right. So uh, we're going to take a break from questions at the minute, everybody. Uh, it is now game time. So I've got a game here for game us to time. play. It's okay. called, uh, I call it the elimination game. Okay. But, no, basically, what's going to happen is um, we'll go one by one. If everyone's playing, except for me. And you're all going <laughs> to have to say a character from Star Wars with the letter N in their name. So one by one, we're gonna. I'll go Harry, Tim, Mike, then Tom. Yeah. And you have to say a character with an N, and we'll keep going. And if you stop, if you can't think of one, you're out. Well, that's me, right. man. And we'll see who wins. We can just and, make stuff up, right? No one will know. Oh, I've got a list. <laughs> yeah. I've, 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 I've got a full <laughs> list of every single character with letter in. Is there more than two? There's more than two. Oh god. Anywhere yeah. in the name. Anywhere in the name. An N. Oh, anywhere appear. in the name. Anywhere in the name. Oh, right. <laughs> um, and only canon characters, no legends, malarkey. Oh, Don't yeah. want that. All right. <laughs> Harry. Yes. Wait for me I to get my list up because oh. it's a long list. There it sounds is. like work. Okay. It was, it was. It took a 1 a.m. Also, by the way, I'm the worst person to ever have in the Star Wars career competition, just so you know. <laughs> I don't remember anything about anything. People think, oh, let's get Mike in and our trivia uh, team because he'll be he'll help us win it's like I'm rubbish I'm the worst <laughs> <laughs> alright so characters with the letter N in their name uh, 
commanders don't count. Oh. Just because that's just okay. commanders. It's boring. Yeah. Uh, no droids. And Grievous is also eliminated because General's a bit boring as well. There we go. <laughs> uh, Harry, go. Anakin. Yes. Let me just cross him off. Oh, this is so confusing. Gotta be a bit faster, this Jerry. Come on, come on. <laughs> look, come on. look how oh, long yeah. that list is. Oh, you can't... Look how long that list is. Okay. I didn't see any answers. Uh, I know, I know, Tim, go. Uh, Night Sister. That's not a character. So you it need is. a name. A name. Oh, the 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 Knife uh, uh, the Brother. There you go. The Knife Brother. He's on there. Yes. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Nip it. Nip it. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's on there. Well, that is an obscure one. Nibbit. Wow. The Ewok, uh, the baby Ewok. Yeah, he's oh, the little yeah. baby Ewok in uh, Tom. Oh, yeah. uh, Tom. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, he's on here. Back to Harry. That was my one I just had. Um, <laughs> nine Numb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I to say it. <laughs> he is on he here. Might be a character, I'm not sure. Yes, now our number's on here. Uh, Tim, back to you. Uh, Han Solo. Han Solo is on here. Uh, Mike, throwing it to you. Are we still doing ends? Yeah, they're all ends. Okay. All ends. Princess Leia. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Princess Leia or Leia Organa. Uh, Tom. Okay. Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano is here. Beautiful. Uh, back to Harry. Does Mandalorian count? Oh, come on. That's mine. Mandalorian, Jin, Jar, Darin. Yep, yep, that counts. Cool. Uh, cool. Tim? Uh, <laughs> Mace Windu one? Um, yeah, there is. Yeah. Mace Windu is on the list. Yeah. Back to Mike. Size Snoodles. Yeah. <laughs> no, you put Sorry. it to there as well, didn't you? Can I, can I just quick... You said you were bad at Star Wars trivia. Yeah. <laughs> so, nip, nip it and size noodles. It's all lie. Yeah, I'm, I kind of cheated because I, you know, I know those guys. So, but yeah, I'm gonna be uh, out in a minute. There's, there's a lot. There is a lot though. Uh, Tom, back to you. Keanu Monday. Yeah. Get in Let's there. Go. Uh, Harry. Palpatine. Lightning fingers. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I don't know why I had to think about that. No. Yeah, he's on the list. He's on the list. Tim. Struggling here. Um, Boba Fett, no. <laughs> um, he said it, he said it, he said it. No, 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 no. Uh, ben Kenobi. Ben, we've already had Obi-Wan Kenobi, Tim. Oh, come on, um... Tim, Tim, I'm afraid <laughs> no, 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 to say... To... Um, one more. I'll give you one more chance. Wagon Jin. There you go. Wagon Jin. Lucky boy. Uh, Mike, shoot. Luke Gunray. Yeah. Oh, that was mine. <laughs> Tom, go. I can't think of any. You can't think of any, can you not? So, oh, no, no, I can't think of any. Ah, oh, Tom. This means uh, you are yeah. out. Uh, I'm going to mute you. So there you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, we're going to throw it back to Harry now I don't know if it's Legends or not Darth Sion Legend. oh. Legends Legends uh, I'll give you one more chance Tim okay. got two chances um, at least um, Darth Nihilus is also uh, also <laughs> Legends 
It also alleges I didn't say it. Um, uh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, That's my Harry's out. out. You're getting oh. muted. There we go. Tim and my car left. Tim, shoot. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is on the list. Mm. Mike. Well, now in the past, this, this may be considered a cheat, but I've always stated in the past that I consider the Millennium Falcon a character. Oh. <laughs> uh, 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 it's not, I can't, I, I don't, I can't as a ship, you know. So, but it's also a character, isn't it? It, is, it, is, it has a person. She, she has a personality. But that the personality of the Melian Falcon is L three three seven from La- Solo: A Star Wars Story. Well, there's That's an just... N in seven. Oh, <laughs> but no droids. I think we give it. That's one of the rules. All right, we'll give it. To you. We'll give it. To you. Everyone else is having a go. We we'll give it. To you. Whatever. Tim. Oh, dear. Tim, go on, Tim. Uh. <laughs> Count Dooku. Yes, Count Dooku. Oh, nice. Oh, God. Nice. Um, we already had... Uh, oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, has he got one? Oh, Mike? Did, did we already do uh, Mace Windu? We did, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay, we did him. Um, uh, let's see. Hang on, hang on. Uh, hang on. Oh, oh. Uh, Rancor. Rancor. Oh, I don't, I don't think I've got Rancor. I mean, I, Rancor has a name, name, though. It's got a name. Does it? If oh. the Rancor's name begin <laughs> has an N, you're through. Oh. His name is Patissa. Patissa, <laughs> what? He's also called the Rancor. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> come on. We gave you Millennium Falcon. You get one more try. <laughs> you get another try. Everyone's getting uh, another try. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, Nula, wasn't that one? Wasn't that somebody? Nula. That was. Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? The dancer. Femi, Femi Tyler. Dancer from the dancer. Femi. Yeah. Oh, that's um. It's not Nula. It's something else. Ula. That's Ula. Ula. Well, there was, wasn't there a Nula somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's a Nula anyway. She was the new one. Yeah, the Ula, and then the new Nula was the, the new Ula. one. The new in the, one in the prequels. I'm afraid, Mike. There is no Nula on my list uh, here. You got a it's good try, though, right? Is it good? <laughs> Might as well. Uh, so, I guess that means Tim won the game. Yes, oh, all right. Oh. Well done. Uh, Tim. Some characters that we have that weren't mentioned. Han Solo. I mentioned that. that. Yeah. Lando. <laughs> Lando <laughs> wasn't mentioned. Oh. <laughs> um, Finn, you know. Oh, anyway. oh, Finn, yeah. Oh. I do have another one if you want to play. or We can move on. This one, I think Mike would win. Oh, this, is, this one is Muppets. Oh dear. Okay, Sesame Street. From Sesame Street. If I don't win this. Um, okay, Sesame Street. Okay. Sesame Street and Muppets show okay. combined. Uh, not. I don't think there's any from the f- like films exclusive to the films. Uh, there's no group, so you can't say like a group of things. So yeah, 
I'm, I'm interested to see how these boys do because uh, hmm. oh, I think their knowledge is the best. We'll start with Mike and I'll go okay. Mike. Shoot away, Mike. What do you need? What's the question? Uh, it's a... Uh, so we're listing them again, but it's a Muppet. This will have to be with that. Like any Muppet. Any Muppet, yeah, sorry, yeah, any, yeah. Any, any Muppet, okay, yeah. any Muppet. Any Muppet. Any okay. Muppet that's been in the Muppets or Sesame Street. Exclusive, okay. not exclusive. could be here a very long time. Uh, Depending on these three. What was that Harry again, Monster. sorry? Harry Monster. Harry Monster, yes. H-E-R-R-Y, Harry. Yep. There we go. Uh, Tom? Uh, Kermit. Kermit. Well, yeah. I don't, why why do I even question that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harry. Fuzzy Bear. Fuzzy Bear is on the list. Tim. Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster is also on the list. Yay. Uh, back to Mike. Robin. Robin is on the list. Uh, Tom. Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy is... Not on, no, I'm joking, because she is. She's on the list. Harry, it's back to you. Big Bird. Big Bird. Yeah, well, yeah, Big Bird's on the list. Mm-hmm. Big bird. Timothy? Uh, Gonzo. Gonzo, yeah, Gonzo's on. Uh, Mike? Sweetums. Sweetums is on the list. Thomas? We've had Fuzzy Bear, haven't we? Yeah. Aww. Two attempts each. Like, if we've missed one, do we get another chance? Like last one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just because it's bad. Yeah? Go on, Thomas. I can't remember any names. There's a lot. I mean, we've mentioned some in the literally while we've been talking. I know. Swedish chef. Swedish chef. Swedish chef. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Get in there, Tom. Nice. Well remembered. Good. Thank you. Harry, <laughs> right, back to you. Oh. Oh, we're about to say Jeff. Um, uh, Stetler. Stetler. Uh, Stetler. Is, is, that, is that said right? He is on the list. Look, look at that. Look at that. Well, you guys, your knowledge is incredible. <laughs> Tim. Uh, can I have the Muppets version of Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> if there is one. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, you're out. You're out for that. You're out. You're out. <laughs> Mike. Waldorf. Yes, Waldorf is on there. Uh, Thomas. I don't know anymore. Is he... I think I'm out. I think I'm out, yeah. Is he out? Oh, I think I'm out. And he's I'm out. out. Oh, oh, oh. Mike's in the top two yet again. <laughs> deceiving us all with the, oh, I don't know Star Wars. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Harry, it's up to you now. Um... Grumpy old men. We just did them. Sat around Waldorf. Oh, yeah. good. Um, I think I'm out then. I don't know anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, if you say so. Mike, I mean, I wasn't surprised that you won this one. You could have said Rizzo Wright. You could have said Sam Eagle. You yeah, could, I mean, oh, could have said the Sam Count. Yeah. Ernie and Bert. Uh, Prairie Dawn. Um, yeah, yeah, so many, yeah, so many. Scooter, you know. Scooter, hundreds. Janice, Floyd, Dr. Teeth, Zoot. Oh, dear. Oh, Guys. man. And well, the way you get absolutely nothing. You get Yay! pride. You get to say, I beat these lads in a I competition. 
I bet these lads are a fraction of my age. (laughs) Twice the brain cells. Uh, um, Right, I do also actually, now we're going to move on to some fan questions. Okay, great, great, great. So, uh, let me just get them up. Uh, Someone talk, I can't find them. Someone talk. Um, So, while Joey's uh, taking ages to find this, um, how was working with Pixar? Because I, I have done the research. How was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically. Yeah. Um, what was interesting about that was uh, this would be sort of um, mid nineties. Uh, you know, I was kind of getting into um, what possibilities computers may have. I was sort of starting to use them in in post production to work out my edits and music cues on a series that I was working on in, uh, back, you know, in the UK, and. Um, and was, was also sort of playing with early uh, Photoshop stuff and morphing and seeing how I could um, use, use uh, uh, graphics to paint out uh, puppeteers and arm rods and make a puppet wink that couldn't wink and things like that. So, so uh, you know, I sort of saw the potential that they had yet. Um, movie stuff really wasn't happening yet in the early 90s uh, on regular Macs and computers and stuff. So um, I remember seeing an early version of QuickTime, which was this little tiny black and white postage stamp thing that flickered through. And I thought, wow, this is, this is the future. You know, this, this digital video files like this would be amazing. <laughs> so I was really interested in that whole thing anyway. And then, um, of course, Toy Story came out, you know, and that was a yeah. milestone for um, animation uh, and storytelling. And in a way, they seemed to me like they were sort of the, the computer... Uh, the equivalent of, of Muppets in a way, because they had these strong characters and good storytelling and, and great uh, animation. So it was sort of like the other end of the other side of the coin in a way to what Muppets were doing. So, so I, I saw it as another way of uh, acting and bringing characters to life, just like you would with a puppet, only with maybe a little more control because you can sort of you can control every little part of the, every digit and every, you know, you're not restricted by a puppeteer under there or, or uh, you know what what the puppet can and can't do. You could pretty well do everything and anything with a CG character. Um, only not in real time. That was the that was sort of the, the the drawback. Things were still pretty slow. So so I kind of made it my business to get recruited by Pixar at a, at an event in London. Uh, there was a big computer show and and Digital Domain were there and Pixar and all these Disney, all these different companies, sort of recruiting you know and and showing their their wares as well. And so, um, yeah, I got, I got recruited and, and uh, shipped out to California and, uh, <clears throat> um, and ended up working on uh, mostly on, I did a bit of stuff on, on A Bug's Life, sort of helped them out when they were kind of getting a bit behind on that because that was a, a humongous uh, film for them to take on. But uh, at that point, Toy Story 2 was still uh, straight to video. It was a four by three, you know, old school uh, mm-hmm. D- DVD kind of, thing you know and disney didn't i guess didn't see that as as being a, a feature worthy but us guys working on it knew this needs to be a, a, a sequel it's, this, this needs to be a movie you know this is good enough and so it was a little frustrating for us at first but uh, at some point about halfway through i was doing some early um marionette puppet tests animation tests with the puppets and at that point is is almost everyone was on bugs line toy story story 2 had almost virtually ground to a halt because all resources had gone to Bugs Life for the release date and everything. Animators too. I think at one point there was just one other animator and myself on Toy Story 2 and that was it. 
you know, it was it was like a ghost town. But it was oh, at yeah. that point that, that they showed uh, some new stuff, and including uh, my animation test to uh, to Disney, uh, the the main film guy there. I think Tom Schumacher was his name, I think. And uh, and then they said, yeah, let's make this a feature film. So so at that point, they sort of pulled everything back in and and upres the textures, and they you know reformatted. We had to reanimate stuff to the to the new aspect ratio of the screen and new detail and, and then when um bugs life was finished john lester came on and re reworked the story a little bit uh you know recut some scenes added took stuff out added new things and it became the the, the movie that we know now and it was great it was it deserved to be a feature film uh, so so for me i just wanted to sort of make sure that the woody's roundup stuff looked like they were real old 1950s marionettes yeah. like the puppeteers yeah. are really trying to get these puppets to kneel down and to and to jump and to, to talk and things like that. So, so I established where all the strings would go. It was all like, as if it were a real marionette, this is actually where they would go. And uh, worked out all the gravity of, of how everything would move. Um, and even um, the, the way the jaw and the eyes closed and the jaw opened and closed, I sort of added a little, I told them where, you know, where everything should be and, and where the cutouts should go on the models. But um, I said, you know, imagine if, if you're, if it's a real wooden head and there's a little rubber stop in there. So it kind of bounces every time it hits that little wooden stop. So I added those yeah. into the jaw and into the eyelids and stuff. Uh, like, you know, they're pulling the <laughs> string and it's hitting that little stop and it sort of bounces all stuff like that. Little tiny things that just kind of made it a bit more real and less, less hokey, you know, less kind of yeah. jokey. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was a, a good way to go. Definitely. Yeah. And then from there, I went on to uh, ILM for a year as well and worked on Attack of the Clones as an animator. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, six months, and then another six months on uh, uh, Jurassic Park 3, working di mm. uh, animating dinosaurs. Yeah. So, in fact, it was the other way around. I think I did Jurassic Park 3 first and then, and then on to uh, Attack of the Clones. So, about a year at ILM. They, they offered me to ask if I wanted to stay on and work on Angler please the Hulk and I decided it really wasn't for me you know someone else probably wanted to work on that a lot more than I did so yeah you know being a puppeteer and, and all that I thought okay I'll I'm, I'm, I'm good I'll let someone else take that job and that's insane and, uh, thing. like if that hadn't happened we wouldn't have like all of the toy stories that we've got now then like if it had just been left as like that yeah yeah that would have been it maybe a couple of straight to video films you know who knows but no, yeah, shame really. And all that money that, that they could that Disney might have lost mm. themselves, you know, before yeah. getting wise. But we all knew it should have been a film when we were doing it. Definitely. I was um, going to ask so, we, we literally like last night or the other night, me, Tim, Tom were discussing the rankings of the Jurassic Park films, mm. including, yeah, yeah. The, including the Jurassic Worlds. Right. So, what is your ultimate ranking of every Jurassic World slash Park film? Well, I've only seen the first three, so I'm not actually seeing any of the new ones. Well, just a... What was that, Tim? Uh, which one's your favourite out of the three? I, I didn't... I must... I didn't really care for the second one. Uh, so that just didn't... I don't know. I just didn't care about the characters and what was happening. And I've only seen that once, so maybe I'd think differently if I saw it now. But yeah. um, uh, when that first came out, um, I, I, I mean, the first and third are in some ways uh, 
quite different films to each other. I mean, the, the first is a classic, though, isn't it? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I, mm. I would probably put, put number one as, as number one. And, and certainly, you know, the, the third uh, was directed by Joe Johnston, who, of course, mm. uh, designed um, Boba Fett and the Millennium Falcon. And, <laughs> and, he, and he storyboarded all these space battle scenes for Return of the Jedi. So I got to meet Joe again um, uh, during, you know, during when he was at ILM during Jurassic Park 3. And then uh, uh, was it last year or two ago at the um, 40th anniversary of Star Wars at ILM? I met Joe again then as well. So, but yeah, you know, I, I think the Jurassic Park 3 seemed to have less money than the first one to me yeah. and less mm. fanfare. But it, there was some, some cool bits in it just the same. It was all right. I'm curious, right? Did you did you um you did Jurassic Park three? Did you work on the Spinosaurus? I did. Let's see. What did I do? What were they all called now? Um, I want to say I did. I should put up some. Um, I've got some shots that I animated. Um, Spinosaurus. Did I work on him? I don't know what they're all called now. <laughs> this was like twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, about twenty years ago. Um, Let's see, there was the guy, was it the Allosaurus poking his head through the fence? Did that. Oh. And then that might have been the Allosaurus. And then um, yeah. there's, the, there's a shot where they, uh, after they fight each other and, and there's a T-Rex and maybe it was a Spinosaurus and the T-Rex. I don't know who yeah, it was. Yeah. And then they, one kills the other and he lands to the ground. I think it was the T-Rex that lands at his feet and he runs around it. That was my shot as well. <laughs> and I wanted this, this feeling of this really humongous mass just hitting the ground you know hard uh, and yeah. getting the timing just right and then i i gave his little leg a little sort of little twitch a little spasm uh, so oh, you'll see that in the film uh, as well it just as, as sam neil or whoever runs around him you know <laughs> his hat, and you see this leg go <laughs> i just threw that in and they let me do it they let me keep that in so that's good that is nice that's a nice little detail isn't it yeah, um, yeah. everyone will be on the lookout for that now but physics yeah, is really gonna... important in this stuff and that's oftentimes where i think things go a bit wrong with with cg characters and cg stunt characters in particular they just you know they become these rubber balls that bounce around and they just don't have the right you know physics they they move up in the air too fast or, or yeah. they don't hang right and you know, gravity is just a little bit off. Um, so mass and momentum are really important. So if, you, if people can understand that, they can become better animators. Well, I've got the uh, fun questions here. Okay. So both, of them. both fans. Hi, both fans. There's actually, uh, I've picked out, I've picked out four. Someone's asked two. So I've picked okay. out, there's like a few questions here. So Jordan Evans asks, what is it like knowing your character has made it through to the final chapter of the Skywalker saga? Oh, thank you, Jordan. Um, it's great. It really is uh, something that I, I really appreciate and uh, do not take it for granted at all uh, because I'm a fan as well. So, so when I watch the films, I sort of forget in a way that it's me and I just see for the first time, uh, you know, these characters and stories playing out the same way that you do. So um, it's it's just amazing. I mean, yeah, it's 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 it is a gift. It is it's definitely a gift, and uh, it's very exciting uh, and gratifying. And it's it's weird, you know. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one from I'm going to butcher this name, Kaiyu Hang. He asks, "Do you prefer Nyan like piloting an X-wing or co-piloting the Falcon?" 
<laughs> That's a good question. Oh my goodness. Um, well, let's see. They each have their own different thing. I mean, the Falcon is, you know, is, is this classic ship. So, I yeah. mean, there's nothing to not love about that. But with an X-Wing, you know, it's your own ship. And, uh, and, you know, I had a little droid in the back. I got to choose which droid I wanted to yeah. sit in the back oh, uh, no, as well, cool. <laughs> um, which was nice. Uh, and the, the, uh, the X-Wing was on, a, was on a, a simulator, you know, that they were controlling in real time from oh, you know, 40 feet away or whatever. So, yeah. so we were up in, you know, high up in the, in the sky there. And they bolted two cameras to the X-wing, and I was trapped in, and that was it. You know, it's like <laughs> on a wing and a prayer. But that was a, that was a rush. You know, being inside that thing, yeah. not knowing what was going to happen, and we were kind of improvising. You know, I'm going to look over here now, and, and you know, tell my my face guy what I was going to do, and and if I was going to speak, which I sort of count him in. You know, I'm going to say say, uh, uh, watch out over there. You know, and I'll count him down three, two, one. Watch out over there. And then he'd know to move the mouth same time as I was doing the head, yeah. things like that. Um, so. So uh, they're just very different experiences. However, however, uh, you know, getting to fly the Tantive Four in the last movie, uh, yeah, yeah, which was of course the very first ship that we see in Star Wars. Star Wars. You know, getting the Death Star plans, mm -hmm. and it's the same ship. And then, uh, and, you know, we we did other takes of of us flying around, and and I I got to take us in and out of hyperspace as well. So you know, you get to play at, at being you know a a, a pilot on these movies yeah. um so they each had their own special thing to me we also did some b-wing stuff uh that was cut in return of the jedi as well so i flew a b-wing mm. but uh i suppose the falcon is still the, the ultimate classic because it, to like i said earlier the, to me the falcon is a character and it just goes through all these movies so speaking um, of yeah. the uh tantive four yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, hey, oh, nice. falling apart. Oh, this is it's a really weak set, to be honest. All it right. Falls apart blame, like uh, blame Palpatine but... for that. It's been zapped. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, and it's funny because when we um, went on to the you know the big set where they they had the actual ship there, you know, uh, in in the last movie, I for some reason it didn't click that that's that was the Tantive Four, you know, that they'd built in life size. Yeah. You know, in the in the soundstage. Yeah. And I just didn't realize that's what it was. I guess if I was more of a, uh, you know, an expert, I would have said, hey, that's the, that's the, that looks exactly like the Tantive. So, yeah, amazing. I mean, it looks fantastic seeing that thing. Yeah, in, it did. Yeah, in, it was all there, built for real. Amazing. Wow. I was, I was happy to see it again. Yeah. Um, Caillou also asks, how do you feel about an official Lego minifigure for Nia Num? Oh, we've been waiting for a few years, yes. yes. People make custom ones and they look good. Uh, but it's so unfair. It's like, come on, everyone needs a, a Nia Num Lego, guys. Bring there's, it on. There's a, well, we've got the Funko Poppy, haven't we? There we oh, go. Oh, yeah, it's very good. There's mine. Yeah, which is great. And there's two of them, one with the helmet. Yeah, one, one with the helmet. helmet. But we need uh, a Lego figure, and we need also need a Black Series Nine Num as well. Have yeah. we not got a Black Series Nine Num? They haven't done no. it, yeah, which is crazy. That is, nice. that is, that is. What? That's, that's a big missed opportunity there. Yeah. yeah. So, so there, there we go. So there, we need those two. We've also got a final question from the fans, Terry Cameron. It's kind of a more of a statement. I don't know. Uh, surely he should have made been made a general by Episode Nine. And why he, he, hasn't there been a movie made about this legend? 
Because if Indeed. it wasn't for him working out that the Alliance scanners were being jammed, the whole Endor assault would have been a failure. <laughs> and he rescued Leia's, uh, Leia's people from Alderaan before it blew up as well in the backstory Did stuff. he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so he did that. that, was oh, that. So Leia gave him um, that, that thing she wore around her neck was from her mother, apparently. And in one yeah. of the comics, she gives that to him as a thank you for no saving way. her people. So oh, that's um, cool. let's see. The first part of the question was, uh, what again? Uh, uh, why is he not made a general? Why is he not made a general? He was made something, apparently, by, um, by the uh, Force Awakens. He actually did have a title. Uh, I don't know if it was general or, or something else, but he actually does have a title, um, uh, which can be looked up, I think, on the interwebs. And I forget what it was, whether it was general or something. No, it wasn't general. Uh, commander? Commander. Might have been commander. It might be commander, yeah. Yeah. So he, he was given the title. But I think for nine, you know, he doesn't, he's not, he's not a, the kind of guy that wants to sit uh, behind an office desk barking out orders because no one will understand him anyway. <laughs> um, you know, I think he's a guy that like, give me my red suit, get me on the fields, let me fly. You know, I, I've got these yeah. big eyes. I can look around corners and all sorts of things. Um, so I, I think Nine was just the kind of guy that was more hands-on and just didn't want to become a, um, you know, a, 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 a someone giving orders. He was a doer, I think. So that's probably <laughs> the thing. But he, I think he was made, yeah, a commander maybe uh, by, by the Force Awakens, something like that. That is amazing. I've got, has anybody, anybody else here has got any more questions? Because I've got one question I've been saving till the end. So ah, saving the best till last. Better be good then. Oh, it is. It's a doozy. A doozy. Well, first, of all, first, first of all, is there anything you'd like to promote? Anything you'd like to... I'll, we'll do that after. I was going to ask the question then. Oh, sorry. I've got it all planned out, don't you? Where are we? Are you? <laughs> come back, Harry, come something? back. Like he has a plan. Like he has a question. Wait, what? I thought you said you had a question. Yeah, I've got two two questions, right? How did you feel that you have pretty much blew up the Death Star? Well, <laughs> yeah, it gives you an appetite. I was ready for some eggs afterwards. <laughs> okay, blew up the Death Star. Now I'm hungry. I'm ready for uh, <laughs> eggs on toast. And uh, it's weird, yeah. It's but now every time I see one, I kind of want to blow it up, and people have to hold me down. It's a bit. <laughs> What was my other one? Oh, wait, I, I've lost. Um, right, that's it. Yeah, right. What happened to Nine Nub in the last film? No, this was my final question. Oh. Oh. The final question is: Is Nine Nub dead? <laughs> I want to know what that shadow is behind you on the wall. Oh no, not again! Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not I've not had a single Zoom call where this has not been mentioned. Good. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's, it's a lie. It's a lie. It is my lie. Okay, as long as it's not the Rise of Skywalker or something. That's two out of two. Let's get Rise Skywalker. What happened to Nine Num? Was that the question? Is he dead is he dead uh in the novel in the book of the film absolutely 100 percent. he is completely dead uh he is he's in a million pieces in space i guess um for sure absolutely because they base that on uh, the final uh, like screenplay and storyboards which at that time is what was going to happen so um 
earlier in the film, he wasn't going to die. He was actually going to be in the, uh, we had, he had scenes with 3PO where they had a dialogue exchange and, um, and, Nainom was going to be in one of the gun turrets in the Falcon at one point, shooting. Oh, so, oh come on. So, yeah, that was, I was all excited. It's like, yeah, you know, I was waiting for this stuff to happen. And as we got <laughs> further and further into the film, um, uh, and we didn't shoot Nainom in the, in the end, about, yeah, about halfway through, sh- through filming, they did the end scenes outside, you know, where they're all celebrating, uh, yeah. which was uh, the, the park near Pinewood Studios there. And, um, and I thought, how come I'm not in here celebrating maybe i'll maybe i went off into space to to help somebody else do something or maybe i'm with so-and-so or it's like why, uh, why i'm not celebrating so we got a bit further along and um we were doing some some pickups uh with uh nine nam and a few other characters and so i sort of called jade over and said okay this has really been bugging me i really need to know this you know does nine nam make it in the final movie or not <clears throat> and he sort of looked looked down and said um he doesn't, but here's why. <laughs> and so he explained to me, you know, what was going on, and that that Snap was also not going to make it, and and what? this is this is these are the reasons why. Oh wait, oh, I saw him die. Never mind. I don't know why I was so surprised then. So, yeah, <laughs> and so um, and so I thought, okay, you know, that's fine. I I'm happy to go out a hero, and uh, you know, he's had good mm. innings, and he would sacrifice himself and and uh, for for the greater good. And that is the whole point of it all anyway, just as many of the other characters have. Um, so so uh, just as like even Luke did, for that matter, and, and Obi-Wan did. You know, they've all done that. They've all made sacrifices. So uh, I thought, okay, actually, that's good. You know, nice big classic, big go out with a bang, big finish, you know. And I was, yeah. I was like, okay. And then people kept yeah. asking me, is Nanam going to survive? And I'd sort of say, uh, you know, I'd, I'd misdirect and tell them, you know, what different things because I didn't want to give it away. But, uh, you know, I was sworn to secrecy, of course. Um, yeah. So we, we shot the staff and, uh, you know, they, they, they rigged up the, the inside of the, of the cockpit with, uh, with sparks and, and smoke and stuff like that. The stunt guys in the back and, and they sort of reacted to it all. Um, uh, and then I thought, okay, that's it. Um, and then about a month before the film came out, um, I was told that there, there was a shot of the, an exterior shot of the Tantive that showed it actually um, going down and exploding and whatever, failing oh. in some way. But they, they cut it from the final edit. Well, so, so, yeah, so where you, where you normally saw that it would, it's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely gone, it's definitely finished. They removed that. Uh, so it wasn't actually in the final cut. So you didn't actually see <coughs> it did exist, but it doesn't in the final edit. So, so either they did it because it was a beat that's, that didn't belong in the, in the dramatic you know, flow of the film, or they actually wanted to save the tentative for something in the future, um, you know, down the line later on. Because again, it is this sort of special vehicle like the Falcon in many ways. So mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure something changed right at the end so it kind of looks like he dies, but you don't actually see it happen like yeah. you did originally in, in the original edit. Um, and then you, the next thing you hear is, uh, you know, um, Poe saying, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're back online. And then everybody lights up again and they all finish the thing. And then you, right near the end, you do see something that I believe looks like the Tantive Force sort of landing over the trees um, near the end. Mm. And I think that's the same ship. 
So, so, um, so it's kind of ambiguous. Usually, though, like well, like the snap, you saw that he crashed against that yeah. whatever, and you saw him. Usually, they make it very clear when somebody is gone. They gone. they they show it to you. They show you he's yeah. gone, and they didn't with that one because they cut that shot out. So that suggests to me that he, maybe he. I mean, it didn't look like he died. A lot of people insisted that he did, um, and that's fine. Uh, but I would have, if he if he did, I would have really have liked to have seen it properly you know and oh yeah. It, oh, wasn't, yeah it wasn't shown to us i'm i'm thinking that that he probably lived it looks like he lived really to me and i think feloni has that someone sent me a picture of dave feloni with a shirt saying nine numb lives or something like that <laughs> uh so i don't I know what the does. official word is on it um but to me it felt like we didn't really see it like we should have so mm. i wonder if they backpedaled on it uh possibly to save the character or the ship for some future thing, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe, right? I don't know. Yeah, well, the, the novelization probably would have been, like, written before the final it's, cut was released. It was written before the not. final edit. Yeah, it was all done before the final edit was done. So it was, the script was, the, the novel was based off of the script and storyboards that they had. So from a few months, you know, several months beforehand, basically, is when they would have got that, if not more. Um, so, so the script, the, the, the book, the novel is, is correct at the time of when they were given the information, but just in the final edit, we just, I just don't feel we see it, you know? So yeah. what we're saying is nine numbs, not dead. Bring him back. <laughs> I think bring nine thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they can bring Darth Maul back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. So absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, there we go. It's good though, right? It's it fun, is. It? Yeah. yeah, it is very. It, 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 it uh, opens it up to... for all kinds of debate and, and speculation and theory. Theories. Everyone, everyone, I mean, Star Wars community loves the, theorizing about anything <laughs> yeah. Star Wars related. <laughs> well, uh, yes. Before... Oh, sorry. Anyone watching this, hashtag bring nine back. Bring nine back. We got this. Bring nine Right, before we go, have you got anything to promote at all? Um, let's see, I've just opened up um, until the middle of July, so that's about another month, isn't it? Where people can mail in uh, stuff for me to sign. And I haven't done that for about two and a half years, looking back at my timeline there. So, so while I'm uh, you know, in lockdown here, it's a good time for people to send in whatever they want for me to sign. I've also got uh, opened up a little shop with some 8x10s on there too uh, because I'm not doing any shows right now. So if people want to get stuff, uh, that's a good way to do it. Um, so they can go to, uh, what is it called? It's uh, www.qzopia.com forward slash autographs. Whoa. Um, and I'm sure that people can look it up. if They'll find me on social media and find it that yeah. way. I'm not hard yeah. to find. So. But, but yeah, they've got a month basically to send stuff in and get it signed if they want. And the, the price comes down a little bit if they get multiples. If they get two, it's a bit cheaper. If they get three, it's a bit yeah. less still per, per item. Or they can mix and match, uh, uh, send in mailing autographs with my 8 by 10s So, I mean, you know. And then if people like want to learn how to be a puppeteer uh, for film and TV, I also have my academy, my uh, Secrets of Puppetry Academy online. And I've actually got, um, normally it's $197 uh, lifetime membership but um right now i've i've reduced it to what is it uh, 60% off uh, so oh. it's 80 was 80 something 
And I've also uh, introduced a, a, a split pay so they can pay 38 or whatever one month and then the same again the second month as well. So there's a coupon. I've got 100 coupons of that available. Uh, this on my websites and stuff or they can ask me but so they can get it get it for 60 percent off and pay it over two months as well and get into the into the academy and learn all the stuff that i wish that i'd had when i was starting out uh, trying to learn this stuff but so so those are those are the two things that uh, i think people should know about at the moment yeah well that that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounds really good secrets of puppetry secrets so, so of... find me on social media and i can yeah, point them in we'll the right link... direction Link all that down below in the description. Yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, I guess I guess that's it then for today. Yeah. Mike, thank you so much for coming Excellent. on the show. It's so much so appreciated. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. It's been yeah, good to meet you all, and I'm sure I'll see you at some point in in real life as well. Right? Yes, I was uh, going to say. I was going to say. Um, I'll. Me and Tim, we prefer to. Oh, I don't know. I prefer to get my things autographed in person. So it's I'm nice, gonna wait. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna wait off until I get to Dude. come to an event. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll person. be good. It's it's nice, and then you have the memory of, of the conversations, and you know, yeah. you get you know yeah. all that good stuff. It, yeah, this it little is, bad boy is, signed up. It is nice. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a good thing. Um, it is. But uh, keep playing the music. Keep doing the podcast. Keep having Ooh. fun. Uh, Thank keep, you. Uh, look, looking Thank out you. for each other and we will keep creating and growing and let's try and make this world a slightly better place <laughs> yes <laughs> all right well thank you everybody for watching thank you mike Quinn, for joining us and on behalf of everyone here goodbye bye, bye.